Hello, welcome to the Weekly Hijack. Hola. So now we have our uh, a Desmond episode. Yes, everyone loves Desmond episodes. They are always fascinating. And this one was particularly fascinating back in the day since this was our first weird time travel episode with him. This was Flashes... Before your eyes. Before why, your why, eyes. Why would we do it like a take on tails thing? <laughs> well, because I wasn't sure it was before your eyes or our... I think you're... I think you're, you're I'm hoping I'm right. Flashes before your eyes. Okay. Yeah. Theoretically. Uh, so, yes, they broke the formula here with uh, primarily flashback. Uh, is it a flashback? Well, sort of. Kind and, of? And not. It's, yeah, that's one of the most unusual things about it, because it feels like a flashback, except Desmond is also flashing back with the audience. Like he's there, yeah. Yeah, so it's a very different kind of flashback. So I gotta say, it's interesting. So Lost has great episodes like, or very entertaining episodes like Not in Portland, which million things moving, and things like this where there's really just one storyline, but it still is fascinating. Yeah. You know, it's a very different style, but just as Lost. <laughs> and anyone who was like, really anxious for more exploration of the whole Desmond time foreseeing thing, they were probably quite satisfied with this one, or at least excited. And this is just another reason I, I love Lost, is that, you know, we're getting all these answers about time travel, or kind of answers, but also more questions, which yeah. is all. The, and the episode drops the shoe that he's not saving Claire, but Charlie. And like, <laughs> you know, and that's all set up with the guy with the red shoes and stuff. But you're not even, that's not even on your radar, but there's so much else going on. Mm-hmm. And then that happens, he's like, Oh. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I don't know. I haven't watched that many episodes of The Twilight Zone, but I was constantly getting a Twilight Zone vibe from this. It just partly because it's so much of it takes place off the island. I mean, it's undeniably yeah. lost, but at the same time, you can kind of imagine a similar scenario on The yep. Twilight Zone mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. This was uh, Damon Lindelof and Drew Goddard. Oh, okay. They had a lot of fun with this, I think. Yeah. Where do we where do we want to start? Here? Let's just start with uh, I want to start with Penny. Penny is awesome. She is. I, a, I just want to say, she, poor woman. She had to yeah. put up with a lot for Desmond, and yet she continued to do so. I mean, we see later on at the constant, she was not very happy to see Desmond at one time, and then and yet somehow because they have this connection, she still wound up searching for him and searching for him and waiting for him and, and waiting for him. Yeah, because she's in the freighter, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, it, no, Charles Woodmore sends the freighter. But she is doing her own, remember, not Penny's boat? Oh, yeah. Well, because at the end of season two, it's her people that are looking for the island? Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, we do know that. Because they, 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 and they contacted her, and we saw her getting the phone call late at night. And she, I mean, and it's so satisfying because they actually get a happy ending. They do. Which, okay, let's jump ahead a little bit okay. to that conversation with Eloise. Oh, we're going to unpack that now, huh? Well, yeah. Well, there's a lot we could say. Uh, I, I noticed Natasha kind of like gave a little like, ooh, <laughs> when she showed up. But it's interesting about Eloise. She has this very fatalistic viewpoint. It's like, mm-hmm. you have to do this. You have to do this in a certain order. And later on, we find out why. Because she felt like she had to wind up having to kill her own son, oh, send man, her son yeah. back in order so she could kill him. It's all about Twilight Zone-ish stuff, yeah. <laughs> yes. And so she, she was just... Completely resigned to the fate. However, she was wrong about a couple things I would like to point out. She thought that Desmond and Penny would never get together. Mm -hmm. They did. She said that turning the key was the only truly great thing that Desmond ever did, which is wrong Mm -hmm. because he wound up living after that and like saving Penelope's life, (laughs) protecting her from Ben and having a kid and doing a lot of other important stuff. So here's a question with El... Because I'm not going to unpack all Eloise because... I don't remember all what happens exactly. Mm-hmm. But she obviously has some knowledge of the future. Mm-hmm. 
But I wonder if her knowledge of the future is just as shaky as Desmond's. In the sense that she knows she needs to go press the button, and she's saying the rest of it because either that's how she reads it, or because that's what she thinks she needs to say to convince him. Yeah, probably some of that. I'm very curious how she knew about Desmond doing his flashback thing. I mean, there's a lot about Eloise's methods and methodology that we really don't know. Yeah. Like, how she knew that the guy with red shoes was going to die. Um, I mean, how does how does Desmond know that Charles going to die? Well, you were speculating that she had her own flashes of a sort, and I don't remember her getting something No, like I don't that. remember that either. I was just trying to... At this point, I honestly don't remember near enough of her story. This is... I know that she is deep into the Dharma, Widmore, Island thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember much of the context. And honestly, I'm not sure we get a lot of it. Yeah, I'm not entirely convinced we do either. I mean, it would be interesting to speculate. We do get her in that weird clock tower thing doing a giant exposition at some point. <laughs> like one of the few expositions we ever get in Lost. Yeah, yeah. In the basement of the church or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't remember what she says at all. Well, let's, but let's, let's get more on her. Well, first off, I just have to say that scene when... You know, she seems innocent, especially when you watch the first time. And then she's like, no, you don't buy the ring. And you're just like, what is going on here? <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, it was one of those, like, kind of twists, like, nope, nope, she's not a, a nice, uh, cuddly grandma. Oh, that was, a, grandma. that was so greatly, greatly written, that good. Written well. So, yes. But, <laughs> so, I think this is, though, starting to be the first hint of what gets he- very heavy in season five. And I guess even before this, this sense of fate, destiny, and lost. Mm-hmm. In the, and I think many times there is this, I mean, there is this kind of struggle with free will and destiny, but I feel like many times destiny is the winner in a lot of, you know, got Jacob's list that, you know, things are going to come together. You have Locke's faith of the island, which is, you know, misplaced, but not completely wrong. And Charlie and, does die. And Charlie does die. That there, It does seem to be this sense that the universe is, I mean, again, this is a, I don't know what you would... De- is this like a... I guess it'd be more kind of a pantheistic universe? Largely, yeah. That there's not really a personal god, but there is kind of like the Force in Star Wars sort of idea. Yeah. That the island, in its purest sense, not in the black monster, black smoke monster sense, does arrange things to work out like it needs to. And people like the black smoke monster, like Desmond, like Eloise, try to fight against it with fairing... I think I think that's accurate, though I would also say that we also see many times when people misinterpret what the fate is supposed to be. Yes, I think you're right. Because there's there's a fair bit of Locke doing that. Like, <laughs> yes. th- this is what I'm supposed to do. Even and Ben. A, yeah, and Ben trying to twist it, twist fate to his own ends. And again, I'm arguing that even Eloise here was doing that uh, to an no, extent. I would, I would argue that, yes. Misinterpreting or... Misinterpreting. Or trying to like force her own vision on the situation. That would be an interesting as I rewatch it to kind of try to pull out, is there a coherent concept in Lost, or is it the writers playing around and they don't come down anywhere either? Mm. Because there does seem to be this, this sense of destiny, the sense of things are, are happening like they should, that, but sometimes it's also trying to... But the whole point of the show is to have the characters grow, I mean, yeah. to let go, and sometimes it takes a purgatory, whatever you want to call it, to do it. <laughs> I mean, it is kind of a tricky thing, because... Even some things that can be attributed to destiny could have other forces behind it, mm-hmm. like bringing the candidates together. Yeah. Well, Jacob orchestrated a lot of that. I guess it's interesting. Jacob and Esau, to prefer a better name, they're very much like flawed gods. Yes, yeah. And the island is like 
like the, I mean, it really is not a bad Star Wars analogy where you got you have the Sith and you have the Jedi, and none of them quite really get it right. Mm. And the Force, at least in the newer Star Wars, it tends to have this sort of like benevolent pushing, pushing in a, in a certain direction. Yeah. So I think I think that might not be a bad analogy for how you know in the end the island in its purest sense not. It's very flawed going through Jacob. It's flawed going through Locke and and Black Smoke Monster. But yeah, it's almost like there's this benevolent force-ish thing, impersonal, that just is imperfectly worked out through... All these people. All these people. All these people who are the cause of their own sufferings. <laughs> Supposedly. Supposedly. Yeah. That is an interesting... It's a very therapeutic world, as opposed to a sinful world. Well... I, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, it does have that postmodern working through your own issues. Mm-hmm. Although, which issues issues really are self inflicted, or are the results of others' sins against you? The others, yeah, <laughs> not literally. I know, but Widmore, the others, for yes. Let's, so let's yeah. transition to Widmore here. Yeah, that whole conversation, oh, man. <laughs> like that's like one of the worst things a man could hear. Not just the fact that you know you don't get your loved one's father's approval, but like he hit at where a lot of men are most vulnerable, the need to feel meaningful, to be, mm-hmm. to feel useful, to be a good person, yeah. or a great person. Which is also another theme of loss. You're a good person. Yeah, which Penelope calls him a good person, but he's like, but I'm not a great person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and interestingly, I guess that's one of the lessons Desmond has to work through, that like Penelope's love for him is in some ways more important than proving himself to anyone. Yeah, I mean, her, her love for him is very like, Christian wise agape, it just it just is. It's not because he necessarily deserved it <laughs> after some of this. Yeah. Random. Well, first off, I thought and I'd forgotten. We didn't know about the McCutcheon beforehand, did we? I think because, this is his first appearance. Okay, because he's laughing in the beginning. I'm like, oh, but it's a gr- clever like, what is going on? And then you get it. Foreshadowing. In Great some ways. foreshadowing. Yep. Yeah, and that that stuck with me. I mean, there was a lot about this episode that, like, I couldn't remember exactly how it happened, how it all played out. But that scene about the McCutcheon whiskey stuck with partly because the McCutcheon whiskey keeps showing up in cameos every in every episode no, after. Not, but I think every I think season that's another, after this. That's something you know. It, if this was Daryl Train the thought and not the Weekly Hijack, I'd make a point of is that for creators, for writers, look in a crazy time travel episode. One of the things that stick with you is the emotional center right there. Mm. And the detail that's, like, involved, invested in, like... Uh, an object. An object. He basically made a an allegory with... Or an object lesson, I guess. Yeah. yeah with a, this very specific prop and the story behind it. Well, it's the same thing we'll talk about when we get the constant, that, yes, great, great time travel stuff. But it's that moment when they call each other that sticks in everyone's mind. Yeah, that's true. Um, and, the, and, again, I think generally losses best could balance the mystery, the Twilight Zone... <laughs> and the deeply, you know, invested characters mm. in ways that other shows that afterward couldn't balance. Usually they didn't do the character. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is something interesting in, in an episode that is all about this is fate. You, you can't escape this. Also gets very like into the mindset of someone suffering under this experience. The, 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 these things haven't been said to him. We feel Desmond's struggle and like anguish at like not being able to beats the the cogs of destiny mm-hmm. and yeah the the character and understanding is super important in all and, this. The, and people throw in the hole that penelope is also i believe i know my greek right is odysseus's wife that waits for him for all those years and oh. he tries to come home oh wow that's true they have a lot of that stuff going down too that i mean you can do so much research on their names and mm-hmm. stuff random thought in terms of well 
things that like I question whether you still see, but I guess you kind of do in certain situations. The photographer, like, here, come take a picture, where we now we all have cameras, you yeah, know, in that, our pockets. But at the same time, like, they still do that, like Disney yeah, World. Yeah. So, <laughs> and it, it was so funny too because you have this this photo we've had seen a couple important episodes, and suddenly it's just like this pull down thing. Yeah, a background. Which is like, why do you take a picture of you sitting in front of a picture of a river when there's literally the, the, team, the Thames right behind you? I know, you? maybe it's filthy or something, I don't know. That could be. It's not as scenic, I guess. It makes you look for, yeah. And it's interesting, there was a one throwaway line from the physicist friend mm-hmm. up there. He's like, he was saying something, he said, if you do 10 experiments, they all come out, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And it's interesting because Desmond's life's not the same this time as it was the previous time. I mean, he's changed things. Mm-hmm. But it didn't change things. You know, I just in an interesting balance that the way they play time travel right now is like you can change things to a certain you can you can wiggle the things, mm-hmm. but you can't ultimately at least that's how it's presented in this episode. And we'll go as we go forward see play with that. Pl- see how they play with that. Yeah. One other funny little note I I remember someone note pointing out when we first hear Charlie singing in the street corner, mm-hmm. he's saying Maybe you're gonna be the one to save me. <laughs> that's amazing. That's that's a lyric from uh, a song's called Wonderwall. It looked like with the paint, which is a great transition, by the way, him covering the red paint. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but I think like the the paint can look like it said F U T U, like it said future <laughs> or something. Wow, I, can, I, did not I, catch I that. It was really quick, and I might be wrong, and we you know so don't quote me that way. Well, there was something. I love the microwaves making the beeping sound. That's, and it's that's just great. some classic. 108 and the lots of like the, some of those early episodes you'd be like wait what what is happening yeah and yeah yeah it was this was this was a classic well those and those numbers rule the world anyways right yeah pretty much so so, so here's my question okay i got lots of questions but <laughs> this is a this is a big episode and be, i would go back and forth with this is he saving the world by turning the key and doing the button well eloise certainly seems to think so because it goes back like season two you can't it's back and forth. You're constantly like, it's a lie. It's true. I'm trying to remember. It seems like we get more information. I think he actually was, because if the island sinks, it's bad, right? Mm-hmm. So he is saving existence somehow? It's, well... I don't it, remember. It, and if we don't know, we can wait till later. Well, I think it's, we talked about this at the end of season two, because it's, it's still okay, very nebulous. I mean, I'm kind of inclined to think that not necessarily, because... Ben had told Locke at one point that he didn't turn the or he didn't push the button, and I've often thought that like if Ben thought it was important for the for the hatch to be there, he wouldn't have stopped them from doing it. If it if not turning the button would have been really detrimental to the island, well, probably the others would have taken control of the hatch a long time. Yeah, ago. I don't. Yeah, I'm going to have to watch and see the answer to that too because I'm so I, I keep going back and forth. I don't remember if we get an answer or if it's just one of those things that is always ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if we will get much more details on it. Yeah. So, but we'll see. Okay. <laughs> um, You'd be so mad, Desmond, coming back from that though. You just lit. You just made the biggest mistake of your life a second time. Uh, you had a chance to re- fix it, and you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Ugh. And good Chekhov's gun with the guy coming with the bat. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, poor Desmond. This was an iconic Desmond episode. Until the constant came and surpassed it. Yeah, and it was like, oh, wait, this thing. This. This is, yeah. And I think it was at the end of season four when Desmond and Penny finally reunited. Mm-hmm. And 
and uh, America was overjoyed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I thought for sure someone died. They never. It, yeah, I, I was actually very surprised that got back together. I, uh, I think it's interesting. Again, this whole like changing fate thing. Sometimes I think the constant really did change Desmond and Penny's fate mm-hmm. because the writers realized what a great episode that was, and I think they also realized they would be in serious trouble if they let something happen to them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't know. That's in in my head. That's uh, that's how the love of Desmond and Penny changed fate. <laughs> <laughs> nice, <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, yeah, memorable episode and lots um, of the, you know. And again, it capsulates all those big ideas that people loved mm-hmm. to talk about Lost for. Yep. And it's interesting. We I don't think we'll actually see Eloise again for a while. I don't, At least a season or two. I, I don't think we see her anymore this season. At no. least we will see eventually. Anyway, thank you for listening to the Weekly Hijack. Hope you enjoyed this uh, recap of Flashes Before Your Eyes. Go watch it if you haven't. Yeah, classic. Great episode. Until next time, this is Tim. This is Nick. Bye-bye.